Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Dan Lobby with Mary Kate Cabot and Ashley Bastock. We're recording this at about 6.30 on Sunday evening, and we're going to do a little Browns 53-man roster projection. So the Browns have to make their cuts by 4 p.m. on Tuesday. Now, they are practicing at 3 p.m. on Tuesday, so... I would imagine a lot of these cuts, we'll, we'll get a lot of these maybe on Monday, uh, early Tuesday. This roster will be pretty much set. And of course, the disclaimer here is we are just working on the the initial 53-man roster. There's waiver claims. This thing's going to change uh, the day after it's set. It's going to change in the week leading up to the Cincinnati game. And actually, we're going to get into that a little bit when we talk about Cade York and the kicking situation, some of the options there. Uh, but just to explain this to everyone, the way I was thinking we'd do it is we'd spend the first half of the pod just going through the locks. And I just define that as a player that once we say they're in, once we say they're a lock, we can't take them off. So they're on. That's it. And then maybe in the second half, we'll fill out the, the rest of the roster. So you guys look ready. Let's let's do this. Uh, the quarterback position. This one's pretty easy, I think, when we're just talking about the locks. I've got Deshaun Watson. I've got Dorian Thompson-Robinson. The way we'll do this is I'll just read the locks that I have, and you guys can try and convince me otherwise. Do we have to spend any time on this, or, or can we just put them in as the locks and move on? You know what? They're the locks, um, but you know maybe this is a good place to interject that I, I really think that they probably won't put Kellen Mond on the 53. I think there's there's a very good chance that they will waive him and try to get him perhaps onto the practice squad. And if it doesn't happen, it's not catastrophic. They were ready to part with him anyways. So if they end up with a different third quarterback, I don't think they're overly concerned about that. It's not like it would have happened if Dorian Thompson-Robinson was going to be the third quarterback. There's no way that they would have tried to get him through waivers. So this kind of shakes it up a little bit. I think those are the only two that will probably be on the 53. Ashley, I agree. Hearing Kevin <laughs> yeah. talk about the rule on Thursday yes. and then Paul D. Podesta, Paul Podesta talked about it during the broadcast. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like they're very like, like they aren't convinced you got to have a third quarterback right out of the gate. Yeah. Like, I mean, especially like when, when Kevin talked about it, I was like, oh, those are interesting comments that he's making, you know, and that was obviously pre Josh Dobbs trade the first time he was talking about how the rule was written in a very specific way. But then Paul, the Paul D. Podesta interview yesterday is really like what convinced me. And I, I pulled up the transcript from that again. And he's, he mentioned basically the same thing that Kevin did. So he said, now they can only enter the game under very specific circumstances. So that's something that's been a topic of conversation in our building over the last 48 hours. So I definitely do not see them using that spot on Kellen Mond. And I think like the, if they really like Kellen Mond and want him around, I think maybe the good thing for them is like, he didn't shine in the preseason the way that like DTR did where like, if they had tried to put DTR in the practice squad, like somebody probably would have came and swooped him up. Um, But I think these two are the two locks and I do not think that they will utilize that third QB spot. Okay, so moving on to running back. I have three locks at this position. I feel pretty good about this one, too. Uh, Nick Chubb, right? The, the lockiest lock of all the locks. Jerome Ford, and then, of course, the player they acquired on Sunday morning, Pierre Strong Jr. So I've got three running backs for sure making this roster. And then, uh, of course, everyone kind of knows the one player we're going to talk about here at some point, Demetric Felton Jr. If we can squeeze him on the roster, if there is a spot for him, but Mary Kay, is that right? Like Demetric's not a lock, right? That's correct. Um, These three that you're talking about right here, 
those are the, you know, take it to the bank locks. Absolutely 100%. Demetric Felton, he has been on the bubble all camp long. That's why they went out and they got themselves a Jordan Wilkins. And they tried to make that work for the number three running back. Uh, but I've been reporting for a long time that they've been looking for a number three running back and that he might not be on the roster yet. Part of the reason for that is because Demetri Felton can do a number of things well. Uh, he's got a lot of versatility. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can do certain things. But he's on the slighter side, and you've really got to be able to pick up the blitz. Uh, he did miss a blitz pickup in the game. Those are the kinds of things uh, that he's going to have to worry about. But oddly enough, when I went back and looked at some quotes from Bill Belichick about Pierre Strong, that was one of the things that, you know, he was saying that Pierre needed to learn how to do as well, because he's not a huge individual either. So you're you're going to kind of be looking at a little bit of a, a different situation when you have those guys in the game. And one thing that I think has been so incredibly unfortunate for the Browns this whole preseason is the fact that Jerome Ford has not been able to go out there and prove that he can do any of these things. And as I noted a couple weeks ago, so far right now at this moment, the only sure thing that they have going on for them at running back is one Nick Chubb. That is a pretty good sure thing though. I think that I think I would take that. So let's move on to receiver. This is where I'm not sure if we're I think I've got the locks down. And again, just, just because we don't have somebody as a lock doesn't mean they're not going to make it. So Amari Cooper, Marquise Goodwin, Elijah Moore, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Cedric Tillman as locks. I think, Ashley, the only... Could you make a case for David Bell as a lock or should we wait on that? I guess that's the question here. I still am leaning towards weight with the caveat that like, I do think I'm going to make the argument that he's going to make it just because like we did see him do some work with the ones when, especially when Elijah Moore was out. Um, and I think that's really key. And we've seen him contribute on special teams early, but I don't think we have to name him a lock because there has been enough discussion about him and what his future is here. Uh, that I think it's warranted to leave these five guys as the lock, especially with them saying that Marquise is coming off of that NFI list today. I think that's huge. I even think Deshaun Watson like just tweeted a video of one of their explosive plays from minicamp before Marquise went on that list with the blood clots. And I think he really likes him. I think he gelled well with him. So I definitely think it's right to put him as a lock. If he wasn't in the picture, I think then maybe I would argue for David. Yeah, so Mary Kay, let's have the Marquise Goodwin discussion now. We spent a lot of offseason talking about him and what he would bring to this offense. And then, of course, with the blood clots, there's just so there was just so much unknown about if Marquise would be back at all this season. And it felt at times like it might not happen. But now he's coming off this list and just it, it, it brings this element of speed that they don't have, especially because Anthony Schwartz never really kind of got it figured out. And of course he was, he was waived today as well. So getting Marquise Goodwin back is pretty enormous for this offense. Yeah, it really is. But before we start the Marquise Goodwin discussion, I got to back it up here a little bit. You, you want to make David Bell a lock, don't you? <laughs> yes. I want to make David Bell a lock. Uh, I've been harping on this for a very long time as we, as anyone who listens to this pod knows uh, at one point, Dan, you had him cut. I kept trying to talk you out of it. Um, now you don't have him as a lock. So I really just haven't pulled you over yet. Haven't pulled you over to the David Bell side, I see. And you've got Ashley all turned around and confused about this, Dan. You really do. Um, but I, I would put him, uh, I would put him as a lock 
they're not going to uh, they're not going to cut a third round pick from last year. Not going to happen. Think of all think of how much time they gave Anthony Schwartz as a former third round pick in the Andrew Berry regime. So again, can you find a David Bell, you know, somewhere else on the roster that you think, hey, this guy's pretty good too? Perhaps. But I think you have to factor in the draft pick, developmental, we love David vibe going on inside Berea. So I'm making him a lock. So we're just going to, we're not going to see Ida on it. I get that. But I, So I'm doing this. We're recording this. I actually already scheduled my 53-man roster that's going to go up Monday morning. I did have David Bell on the roster. So I, I can't really push back that much that, that okay, he shouldn't good. be a lock. But And also, this is where we're going to note, this is not like the roster we would create this is the roster we think that the browns will this this is a prediction of sorts so i mean this is absolutely you know so we the case you make is pretty convincing so i don't know ashley i'm sure people would love for us to argue over this but uh, (laughs) mary Kay laid it out i know i think mary Kay was more assertive than i was and i kind of fell on the we could have a discussion about it side even though i think he's you know gonna make i think i actually wrote that today that between um, him and another guy on that list. I think it would definitely be David. Um, but yeah, I think I think for the Mary Kay's a, right. We'll just leave it at that. Mary Kay's right. Like just just make him a lock probably at this point because we all think that we all think he's making it anyway. So I think we can we can just skip the second conversation about it. And there's another player, you guys, that I cannot get out of my mind uh, for this this 53 man roster. And I know it's going to be a little bit of a stretch, and they're. They would probably have to borrow from another position to make this happen. But I just can't forget about Jalen Darden. I asked Kevin Stefanski about him even the other day when we were talking, you know, we were thinking about speed and talking about speed. And I'm like, Jalen brings that element of speed. Well, now Marquise is back. So maybe that knocks Jalen out. I I don't really know. But there's something about Jalen Darden that they really like a lot. And one of those things is the fact that he brings something you can't coach, and that is speed. Again, does Marquise coming back off NFI make him somewhat expendable or possibly practice squad bound? I'm not really sure about that, but there's just something about him. Um, And So before I start talking talking about Marquise, uh, what are your guys' thoughts on, on that? I, you know, we'll, we'll get into Jalen, you know, Austin Watkins is going to be a guy that we've got to talk about too, but you know, I think he he's in play now that Jakeem Grant is hurt. If they think Jalen Darden can be a returner, I think that puts right. Jalen Darden back in play for that position. But Marquise Goodwin really changes so much of what this team does at this position, him being back and healthy. So um, I, I think we've got one, two, three, four, four, we've got six receivers locked in right now. Um, so I like those as locks, but I mean, I do think when we come back to this and we're trying to kind of fill this roster out, Ashley, we do need, we do need to give Jalen Darden a little time because he's here. They brought him in last year and brought him back this year. So um, he's, he's certainly in play, I think. Yeah. And I think he too is like, Mary Kay always remembers him. I think I always forget about him because he had been hurt this preseason, but I think like yesterday, for example, right before they, traded made this trade with the Patriots for strong and added to the running back room I think I talked about on the podcast or at least wrote about that hey maybe this is good news for 
Demetric because he can return and we don't know what's going on with Jerome Ford and it might have helped his chances um, with Jakeem Grant going down and knowing that they would need help in the return game. But Jalen Darden is also another interesting option there that I think could make for an interesting discussion. And Mary Kay, you know, going back to Marquise, obviously, like I said, his we kind of knew Anthony Schwartz wasn't going to make it. Mm-hmm. But Marquise coming back really does sort of change this position. Pretty, pretty I mean, as dramatically as losing Jakeem Grant does and, and probably even more. Absolutely. One hundred percent, because I will tell you what, even though he's 32 years old, even though he is a decade older than some of the guys trying to beat him out for a job or a decade older than some of the guys trying to cover him on that football field, he still has his blazing speed. As you guys know, he was an Olympian in 2012, an Olympian long jumper, but he's also been a sprinter and a darn good one. He His 40 time at the NFL Combine was a 4.27. That still holds up. I, I was hunting around a little bit about that today. It still holds up as like one of the top 10 all-time fastest times at the NFL Combine from 2013. So, you know, he brings something, once again, that you just can't coach. And we saw it in minicamp. We saw him get behind that defense and and make a couple of big plays. Of course, it was just minicamp and no contact or anything like that. But you can see that speed. And you can also see that he seems to have something special already going on with Deshaun Watson. So uh, I think it's big news that he's back. I was very skeptical about his ability to come back and play this season after suffering blood clots in his legs and in his lungs. You know, you have to be on blood thinners for that for a long period of time, but apparently he's gotten over the hump and he's ready to get back out there. Good for him. I wrote it this way. If they, if they had to give out a happiest camper award, Marquise Goodwin would have gotten it. He brought a phenomenal attitude. He's a great guy. He he really put his mark on the other receivers during training camp, just with his attitude and his inspiration and good for him that he's back. Okay. We can kind of fly through these next two positions, Uh, tight end. That room is set pretty much Jordan Akins, Harrison, Bryant, David Njoku. They are locks. And I think that'll probably be the only three tackle is set. Jack Conklin, James Hudson, Dewan Jones, and Dredrick Wills. Um, At Guard, of course, we know Joel Batonio. We know Wyatt Teller. I got Michael Dunn as a lock. I mean, mm-hmm. he played in place of Joel on Saturday. He's been the backup. I've got him as a lock. It looks like both of you are okay with that. Um, yep. And then at the center position, obviously, Ethan Posich. I have Luke Whipler. And then I think Nick Harris is going to de- merit a discussion here a little bit later. I do not have Nick Harris as a lock to make this roster. Um, no. are, are we good on that? Yes. Yes. I would not have Nick as a lock to make this roster either, especially uh, because they drafted Luke. And I, I, I really can't see them keeping three centers. Well, I am going to tell you why I think they'll keep all three, but I'm not willing to make Nick Harris the lock yet make Nick Harris a lock yet. So we'll, we'll hold that discussion. Stay tuned for me making the case (laughs) for why Nick Harris is going to make the roster, but why we're not going to make him a lock. Uh, So that gives us everybody on offense. Okay. On the defensive side, uh, my locks, Miles Garrett, Isaiah McGuire, Obo Okoronkwo, Obo Okoronkwo, Zadarius Smith. Now, 
Here's the interesting discussion. And again, we're just talking locks right now. I made Alex write a lock. And this probably makes me a hypocrite on David Bell because Mary Kay, the reason I made Alex write a lock is the same reason you wanted to make David Bell a lock. He mm-hmm. was a third round pick last year. I did not make Isaiah Thomas a lock. Um, now, again, do I think he's going to make it? You know, we'll see how those numbers play out. But yes, I think there's a chance, but I didn't make him a lock. Do I have that right? That Alex Wright should be a lock, but maybe not Isaiah Thomas? Yes. Yes. I would put Alex Wright as a lock. They won't be ready to give up on him yet. Uh, But Isaiah, you know, you can take a chance with Isaiah. He was a seventh round pick. And, you know, there's a chance that you can get him through waivers and get him back on the practice squad. Maybe you won't, um, you know, and maybe he grabs one of those final spots, but, um, but I don't think you have to make him a lock. Ashley, what do you think of this? I, Alex, right. A lock Isaiah Thomas. No, I think that's fair. And like, I'll even add, like, I think I'm higher on Isaiah Thomas than a lot of people are like, just because I think he did, it was a smaller sample size than what Alex Wright had, but I think we saw flashes of him getting to the quarterback more. Um, I think I will make an argument for him to make the final roster, but I do not in any way think he's a lock to do so. And if he doesn't at the end of the day, that also probably wouldn't surprise me a ton. Okay. So, so far we're pretty much on the same page here. Um, But all right. Defensive tackle, Shelby Harris, a lock, Siaki Ika, a lock, Dalvin Tomlinson, a lock. Um, Ashley, we'll start with you here. Jordan Elliott started on Saturday. Now he's dealing with a hip injury. He did start Saturday's game. Should he be a lock? I don't know. This is where I get, like, honestly, this defensive tackle spot for me is interesting. I mean, I, I'm i leaning towards yes, just because he did start. And that's like, they seem to like him. Like, I don't know. They still seem to like him a lot in terms of where they're playing him, when he's going in, working with the ones and that. So I think I might make him a lock. That's okay. so noncommittal for a lock. No, so maybe not. Why, maybe just my noncommittal. I don't think he should be. That's why I want to have this discussion. This because is my stream rule, of consciousness. If we make somebody a lock, they're on. We can't take them off when we start having the so, roster discussion. So, I will you, say I don't think anyone else on that DT list would make it over him in their eyes. Okay, I, I, you might be right because I I think the only guy would maybe be Maurice Hurst, Mary Kay. But are, are we okay to what like wait on Jordan Elliott or do we want to just put him on right now? You know, I think we should just put him on right now. I think he falls in that category of um, he's got a lot of support in that front office. And, you know, he probably has a decent amount of support on the coaching staff, maybe not as much as when Chris Kiffin was here raving and raving about him uh, last summer. But I still think that um, that they feel good about Jordan and how he's come along this summer. So I think I would make go ahead and make him a lock. Ashley, are you good with that? Lock in Jordan Elliott? Yeah, Mary Kay is just like tempering <laughs> out my stream of consciousness thoughts about Jordan Elliott. I mean, like I said, I think I'd be okay with it just because I wouldn't put anyone else in over him. And I also really like Mo Hurst, and I think Mo Hurst has done some good things. Um, but I still would not put him in over Jordan based on what I think the Browns think of this group. Okay. So we are going to lock in Jordan Elliott. I'm updating that on the spreadsheet right now. Uh, linebacker is going to be interesting as we move on to that position. So 
Uh, Kevin did, did say today, this is worth noting, that uh, Anthony Walker and Sione Takitaki are expected to be able to play week one um, mm-hmm. coming off of those injuries. So that, of course, matters in all of this. My locks here, Jordan Kanashik, who's going to be out a few weeks. But remember, as we go through this, if you want to put a player on short-term IR, they have to make the initial 53. Jordan Kanashik has been playing with the first team a lot. I have him as a lock. I have JOK. I have Taki Taki and I have Anthony Walker. I didn't want to make Tony Fields a lock and I didn't want to make Matthew Adams a lock. I feel like we need those spots. So Mary Kay, that was kind of my thinking there. I didn't want to just throw either of those guys on the roster and kind of put myself in a position where I didn't have that. I, I didn't have that space if I needed it someplace else. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, there's a large part of me that, that you know, that would feel okay. Like if you had said, I've got Tony Fields as a lock, I, I would probably be okay with that because, of course, he also is uh, a draft pick. I think they really like him a lot. He plays on special teams. I think they, you know, consider him to be sort of like, like you know, JOK light a little bit. Um, and I think they still see good upside in him. But you know, there are other discussions to be had here. So uh, for purposes of that, when we get to, you know, the haggling over the uh, diabodies and the, uh, or the diabody, did I say that wrong? Diabody. That's Um, right. Diabody. So, you know, when we start haggling over, over those guys, then, you know, then we'll, we'll be able to get into that a little bit more. But right now, I think the way that you have it is totally fine. Okay, corner is pretty straightforward. We've got Martin Emerson Jr., Mike Ford, Cam Mitchell, Greg Newsom, and Denzel Ward. Ashley, everything okay there as as far as the guys we have locked in at corner? Yeah, I mean, I think that's fine. I don't know. I keep going back, like, should it just be automatic? Knowing how valuable they think corners are, I wonder if we should just make A.J. Green a lock here because they seem to like him. And, I mean, you can never have enough on your roster. I don't think that they are not going to have at least six corners on this 53. That was a tough one for me, Mary Kay. I just don't want to, I just, I I mean, just to put it in perspective right now to update everybody, we're up to 46. So unless we're absolutely convinced about AJ Green, and I do think they still like him. I just don't know if I'm ready to just put him on there as a like, can't move him type of guy. All right, so your locks again just are Ward, Newsom, Emerson, and did you have Mitchell? I had Mike Ford. I had uh, Emerson, Ford, Mitchell, Newsom, and Ward. Okay. I think you can – that's a tough one with AJ, but I think we can leave AJ for for the discussion of haggling over the last six roster spots. I think he's going to make it. I, I do think that, um, you know, he, he he's definitely shown enough to be a valuable corner on this team. Um, but I think he's worth a discussion. So let's keep it as it is. Yeah. And I think it's going to go hand in hand with the safety discussion because the safeties I have locked in are the obvious ones. Grant Delpit, Rodney McLeod and Juan Thornhill. I, I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any controversy there. And then the specialists I have locked in. Oh boy. I can't wait for this discussion. Charlie Hewlett, and Corey Bohorquez, uh, because obviously Cade York, who would have been a lock a month ago, is certainly not a lock now. So before we take a break, are we good on this? We have 
46 players locked in. Um, <laughs> so that basically means we can't take them off. I suppose if we absolutely had to, I could be convinced to break the rule on, on one of these guys as we discuss this. But I've got 46 locked in. So that gives us, uh, doing the math here, seven spots to play with. Um, just so everyone knows, that's 23 on offense and 23 on defense. So we're actually in a really good... Um, we're in a really good spot here. Did I do it? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's 21 on D. Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I'll do the math here on the break. And then when we come back, <laughs> we will finish out the Browns 53-man roster. And welcome back to the Orange Browns Podcast. Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock. Okay, again, listen, I was not a math major in college. I was an English major. So 23 offensive players were locked in 21 defensive players and two specialists real quickly i'm going to go through the list here dorian thompson robinson and deshaun watson at quarterback nick chubb jerome ford pierre strong jr at running back david bell amari cooper marquise goodwin elijah moore dpj and cedric tillman at receiver uh david bell the addition in that group jordan akins harrison bryant and david njoku at tight end your o-line jack conklin james hudson dewan jones jet wills joel batonio michael dunn wyatt teller ethan posich and luke whipler defensive end miles garrett isaiah mcguire oba okoronkwo zadarius smith and alex Wright with jordan elliott shelby harris siaki ika and dalvin tomlinson at tackle elliott the addition there uh jordan kanashik jok sione takitaki anthony walker at linebacker Martin Emerson, Mike Ford, Cam Mitchell, Greg Newsom, Denzel Ward at corner with Grant Delpit, Rodney McLeod, Juan Thornhill at safety, and then Charlie Hewlett and Corey Bajorquez, your two locked-in specialists. So we already decided that we are only going to keep two quarterbacks. That's good. That gives us uh, another roster spot to play with. We discussed that off the top. Um, Running back, okay. I'm trying to figure out how to look at this. I, I think we look at this as running backs and wide receivers. So we probably have maybe two spots here on offense. So you're looking at Demetric Felton, Hassan Hall, John Kelly, Jalen Darden, Mike Harley, Austin Watkins, and Michael Woods. Now Michael Woods ruptured his Achilles, so we don't really need to discuss him. Um, Two spots. We can take one of these. Like I said later, I was going to make a case for why I think it's 10-0 lineman and Nick Harris is one of them, but... Just looking at these playmakers, Mary Kay, let's let's pick one first. Running back or wide receiver? It's Demetric Felton and then probably somebody from that group of wide receivers picking one of those guys. Um, well, we already talked a little bit about Jalen Darden, so I'm going to stick with that. I'm, I, okay. I, I just can't get him off my mind, so I'm going to stick with Jalen Darden. So, Ashley, is it Jalen Darden or Demetric Felton? Or should we talk about Austin Watkins? I think I think we have to just because of the preseason performance. Well, and also somebody, like, might crash their car if we totally ignore Austin Watkins because I know he has become, like, the training camp star for fans. I mean, preseason only means so much, right? But, like, he has led the NFL in receptions, yards, touchdowns. He's performed really well. Like, I mean, I guess you can take a chance on him coming back, but I also wouldn't be surprised if you wave this guy and he doesn't get back to you because of he's one of those guys, those bubble guys that did really well and that might make another team really eager to grab him if you let him go. 
Um, but then, like, when Mary Kay argues about Jalen Darden, like I said, I've consistently forgotten about Jalen Darden. <laughs> so maybe that is the guy that just makes the most sense and who they really liked last year. And maybe it's an Austin Watkins. Well, we, we liked you, but we got to take a chance that you're going to go. But I mean, I wrote today, I think I'd, I'd be curious if Austin Watkins makes it now just with Marquise Goodwin coming back. Like, cause for me, I had maybe allotted him in that spot that Jakeem Grant left behind. And that's not really there anymore to me. Okay. I'll make the case for Demetric Felton. And it's, it's based in the fact that he is still a draft pick. Um, obviously not a, a, a recent draft pick, relatively speaking. He was a 2021 pick, uh, but he is a draft pick. And I do think, I don't know about Austin Watkins. I think you could probably get him on the practice squad. And I would imagine you could probably get Jalen Darden there too, um, if, if you wanted to on that initial 53-man roster. So my lean here is still Demetric Felton. I feel like the three of us are just, we're each we've each kind of staked our claim to one guy here. Um, but I don't know, Mary Kay, my lean is still Demetric Felton. If I'm trying to figure out what I think Andrew Barry and the Browns will do. And that draft yeah. status just sticks with me for the, for the yeah. same reasons with David Bell and Alex right. Wright and Jordan Elliott. Right. Um, yeah. It's a little bit of a, of a tough one here. I mean, it, there, there could be a world, I don't know, maybe there's a world in which, Demetric and Jay and Jalen do make the team. And the thing about the thing to remember about the receiving core is you need an eclectic mix of guys that can do different things. And you need to make sure that the receiver that you're choosing and the running back to a certain extent, uh, when you're down to this level, that they can really do something for you on game day. Otherwise it's just like a waste of a roster spot. And that's what I kind of worry about a little bit with, Austin Watkins, what's he going to do if he comes up on game day, right? Now, maybe you don't want to give up on him because he's a really good developmental receiver, but is he going to find a role in the 46 on game day? Is he going to be able to do something for you? Whereas we know that Jalen, especially now with uh, Jakeem Grant out, can do something for you. We know that Demetric Felton can do something for you. Uh, so, so those two guys, their ability to uh, return kicks and and be so versatile in that way, uh, you know, makes me think that you know that they both actually have a decent chance. I don't know if you can keep both of them, but I, I think a case can be made. Okay, so let's take Watkins out. Like, let's let's say let's let's boil this down to Darden and Felton. Are you are you good with that, Ashley? If we table Austin Watkins and we pick one out of these two. I think so. Just like, again, thinking how the the Browns might think about these guys. And like the, the other thing, the knock against um, Austin Watkins for me would also be like, we didn't see him work with the ones a ton. And I think that matters when Deshaun Watson is your quarterback and who he's built chemistry with. Um, and you're right about the draft status thing. Like it's something I keep coming back to with Demetric and how he's lasted this long and how they, they talk about his versatility um, and just, questions about Jerome Ford now who you know it seems like they're they're optimistic about him returning from that hamstring injury but I mean Demetric Felton is just that familiarity and that stability and when I think of this front office like I still think at the end of the day they are really really hesitant to part with these guys that they chose in the draft for better and worse and I think Demetric 
that might end up helping him. Okay, so let's pick our guy here. And we could come back. We could, whoever we leave off, and we can include Austin Watkins in that. We could come back to this, but let's let's pick our guy. Um, I'm going to pick Felton. Mary Kay, who are you taking? Oh, it's such a tough one because for me, it's such a <laughs> toss-up between these two. Um, but I think maybe recency bias, um, even though it looks like they were doing everything they possibly could to find somebody better than Demetric Felton, and they went out and they got Pierre Strong, uh, I don't know. I go back and forth over it. This is a tough one. The Pierre Strong thing is is what gives me pause on Demetric. Gosh, so you're so I, you are making me pick one or the other. I got to go. Jalen, we could we could come back and have a spot open for one of them, but for now right. we, we got. I'm gonna one. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Jalen. Okay, Ashley, you're a tiebreaker. This is so hard. This is like <laughs> genuinely, I am agonizing over this. Remember this when you take your victory lap on Jalen, Mary Kay, that Ashley was the I know. I, you know what, like, the, the Pierre Strong thing to me, like, immediately gave me pause when it happened. Paulinka, in the background, I think, is agreeing with that as he barks. Just because I'm like, I don't think you go out and get that guy if you were 100% confident in Dimitrik. Like, I just think that's the way it is, and I'm not 100% sure they're going to keep... Demetric in that running back room, and we've been talking all all camp about how Demetric's chance to make this roster this year was in the running back room, as opposed to considering him a wide receiver. So I think somehow, against all odds, Mary Kay has convinced me to go with Jalen <laughs> Darden here. I'll probably well, be so why, wrong, but whatever. That's why this is a fun podcast, though. I mean, that I like doing this because it is just sort of a reminder of like how hard this is. Like, yeah. I'm not saying we're like high level NFL executives here, but I mean, th- these are the sorts of discussions they're having in the Browns building and have been having all month. Like they've got to make these really challenging decisions. So that's what makes it interesting. So Jalen Darden uh, makes it on. Okay. So we're at 24 on offense and at least initially I want to keep it at 25. Now that could change when we get through the defense, but let me, let me just make the case why I think Nick Harris could make it. And it just goes back to yesterday. Nick Harris was the be- was the backup center. He's been the- he's actually been the backup center all camp. And I checked on PFF because I wanted to make sure. I thought this was true, but I wanted to make sure. Luke Whipler did not play a single snap at center on Saturday against Kansas City, which makes me think you keep 10 linemen, which is a pretty normal number. Nick Harris is a center. And then Luke Whipler makes the roster because as we have it now, we only have three guards on the roster in Joel Batonio, Michael Dunn, and Wyatt Teller. So Luke Whipler almost makes it by default as a guard. And then Nick Harris makes it as your backup center. Does that make any sense, Mary Kay? Yeah, it does make sense. It, it definitely makes sense. I mean, Nick Harris was supposed to be the starting center last year. So you know, they, they do think very highly of him um, and probably do not want to part with a good young developmental center if they can avoid it. So that does make some sense, Dan. I, I, I can I can get behind that. So this kind of comes down to, Ashley, do we want to keep another skill player like a Feltner or a Watkins or do we put Nick Harris on the roster? Um, and again, maybe we keep, maybe the defensive numbers shake out that we get to steal one more offensive player, but I don't think so. So like, I don't know. I just feel like 10 linemen feels right. And I feel like Whipler, 
I don't know if they want to have like just Nick Harris as their fourth guard. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I should say I, it would it would be Whipler over Harris is what I should say. Yeah. I feel like both make it because Harris is your center and Whipler is your fourth guard. I think so too. Like, I mean, when I've been kind of just doing the numbers before this podcast by myself, like I, I don't do not see them for some reason keeping less than 10 linemen. And I think Nick Harris is the next man up from those original nine that we have as lacks. And I think that's a great point about like Luke Whipler. I mean, I think it's a lot to, would be a lot to ask him to come in and play center as a rookie and like literally be the next man up behind Ethan Posick. I do like this idea of them kind of working him at guard more to maybe add more depth there. Um, and then keeping Nick as well, who's a guy that they invested a lot of developmental time into. And like, I still go back to last year and how much they, before Nick Harris got hurt, which is the caveat here, like they seem to really be impressed with number one, what they saw in that green Bay for, game from him in 2021, which was a long time ago now, full disclosure um, and how he had worked in practice. And Bill Callahan's a guy who saw him work in practice day in and day out. So I feel okay about putting him in over one of those other skill guys with question marks. Okay. So should we go and look, we can, we can change our mind here if we want to on this, but should we, should we go with Nick for now? That puts us at 25 offensive players and try and figure out the other side of the football. Are we good with that? Or does anybody want to pound the table for our buddy, Austin? <laughs> I'm... It's tough. Um, I think, I think we're okay with Nick. Okay. So we are going to go ahead and put Nick Harris on the roster as the backup center and look at Luke Whipler as sort of that talking and copying and pasting at the same time as that extra guard as well. So that puts us at 25 offense, offensive players. So now we move on to the defensive side of the ball. So right now we've got Miles Garrett, Isaiah McGuire, Obo Okorwankwo, Zedarius Smith, and Alex Wright at end. Um, the name here to kind of keep in mind, of course, who we've discussed a little bit is Isaiah Thomas. If they want to IR Isaiah Thomas, they got to put him on the 53. But also the case can be made that you can get Isaiah Thomas to the practice squad, which is sort of how I'm leaning right now before we move. Because we have other things to figure out. I feel like right now, maybe we leave Isaiah Thomas. And if there's room for him, put him on. And if not, take our chances. Are we good with that? I mean, Ashley, you were talking about Isaiah earlier. Do you want to make the case to just put him on now? I mean, it's so tough. I think, like, number one, like I said already, he did show in flashes his ability to get to a quarterback, which I think knowing how Alex Wright struggled with that last year, I can see making an argument to just put him on now. Um, But also he is a seventh-round pick. It was a small sample size. Um, I think, actually, I would be okay to kind of go through the rest of this defense and just kind of see where we end up before I really strongly make the case to keep Isaiah Thomas on here. I'm thinking ahead a little bit, Mary Kay. This might come down to Isaiah Thomas or Diabate. Like, it could come Mm -hmm. down to a decision like that, or Isaiah Mm -hmm. Thomas or Ronnie Hickman, something like that. And I, I would lean towards... Should we just put Diabate on the roster? Because it sounded to me like yesterday, Andrew Barry, when he was on that broadcast, sure made it sound like Diabate has a spot. 
Yeah, you know, I think once again, one of the things to remember here is, uh, you know, when you look at someone who can be a special teams ace, and I think they want to treat poor Bubba Ventrone <laughs> in the same way uh, that they've treated their new defensive coordinator this year by supplying him uh, with some really good talent that can help his special teams flourish this year. And I think Diabati is a guy that can do that for Bubba. And now that you have Isaiah McGuire as a good, really good developmental end for that rotation uh, to go along with Alex Wright, I think you can make Isaiah Thomas expendable here and try to sneak him back onto the practice squad and keep him because they really like him. Great attitude, great fit. Um, There's so many things to like about him. But I think if it came down uh, to those two, that I think you're going with uh, Diabati so he can be sort of your enforcer back there on special teams. I want to put him on. I just, I just want to put yeah. Diabate on. I, th- I think that's, I think we should start there. And then actually I think we should go to the back end of the defense uh, before we go back to, to the front of the defense, because I think there's some numbers that we have to sort of figure out uh, because I think we all believe we need one more cornerback and probably one more safety. So we should probably get that figured out before we go back to the defensive front, especially when we're talking extra, extra linemen. Because right now we have uh, one, two, we have four spots left. We're up to 49 right now. Um, So we need another safety and we probably need another cornerback. Yep. So is it AJ Green and who? DeAnthony Bell or Ronnie Hickman? My lean still is a little bit DeAnthony Bell, but... I could be talked into Hickman. I'm, I think I'm D bell. I, I think I'm D bell. I saw things uh, in D'Anthony bell last year on the field uh, that led me to believe there really is something to him. And we saw it against, um, you know, first team starting competition. And I don't know. I just think there's something, there's something about him uh, that they really like as well. And so I'm, and you'd hate to, You'd hate to lose Ronnie, uh, you know, somehow, some way, you know, if you, if you have to squeeze Ronnie onto the roster and you can't find a way to do it, you know, maybe you do n- knock a Nick out of there or some, a Nick Harris out of there. And you just say, we're going to take our chances with, with Luke and maybe to a certain extent, even Michael Dunn having to play some center, whatever, you know what I mean? I, like, I think that, uh, you know, there would be some, some way that you could finagle him on there because, I do think that the ability to take the ball away is very, very important. And again, he's somebody that might be able to um, to help you out on special teams right away. So I, I, there's a lot to like about Ronnie, but I don't know if I would take him over D-Bell. Ashley, are you on the same page with it? I know we've talked a lot about D'Anthony Bell standing out of practice. It does just feel, we though, have. like he, even for all those interceptions, he's been the guy that's just slightly ahead of Hickman. I don't know if the Browns might think like this, and this is where I guess I could get myself basically into a 53-man roster logical fallacy, but I wonder if ultimately, I I think I personally would put Hickman over Bell because of the takeaways, because of the way he's played. And I just wonder if there's like a way you can keep DeAnthony Bell around because he hasn't flashed in the same way, but I don't know that Ronnie Hickman is going to get back to you if you wave him. 
I just, I don't know. I think maybe another team would take a chance on him. He comes from Ohio State. He was well coached. Like all that stuff is going for him. So I think if I was in this room, I would be probably pounding the table for Ronnie Hickman over Bell and kind of let my recency bias take over there just because they struggled so much with takeaways. And I still think Ronnie Hickman could perform on special teams for you. Um, that I'm, I am not confident that we should just give that spot to DeAnthony Bell, even though like if you go back to last preseason, DeAnthony Bell was basically in that same spot, right? With getting takeaways and showing he, he forced his way onto that roster. But I wonder because he did that, if Ronnie Hickman is going to essentially did that and it's going to be like, well, he, he outperformed you this time. So we got to go with the guy who got the three interceptions. Okay. So that leads to this question then, Mary Kay, which one is more likely to make it through to the practice squad? Cause I think that's an interesting point from Ashley. I think there is some, I'm sure Ronnie Hickman had some offers out there. And so there's teams, if he became available, might want to take a chance on him. Now, I can get us to five safeties if we want to talk about the kicker spot. But maybe we <laughs> maybe we hang on to that for a second um, and, and choose our preference here. It's got to be one of these two, though, right? It's Bell or Hickman. So yeah. with everything Ashley said, are you what does that change your mind or are you still deep up? This is a really tough one. This is a really, really tough one. And I have to wonder that in hearing us have this debate, if they will not keep both of them. I mean, if you're going to play a lot of three safety looks and you know there are going to be injuries there, there always are, and you don't want to lose a a really good young guy like Ronnie who got all these takeaways for you, but you, I don't know. I think a case can be made for both. I don't know if I can choose between these two right now. Okay, then let's put both on. And as we finish out this roster, let's see if we have to take one off and and come back to this. So let's do uh, DeAnthony Bell and Ronnie Hickman both making it on the 53-man roster. Again, a little spoiler here uh, if you're listening to this before Monday morning. Um, That's what I did. I kept five. And um, there's a a little trick I used to do it. But uh, that's what I ended up doing as well is keeping five. So once I get this... I messed up my alphabetical order here. So we have one spot left. And here's where we get to have this discussion. That spot should go to the kicker, right? Who at this moment is Cade York. Doesn't seem like it's going to be Cade York, though. Kevin Stefanski, that was, I mean, this is, Kevin Stefanski is never strong about anything. Kevin Stefanski was not strong about Cade York today. And in fact, that was the way he answered those questions. Mary Kay told me all I needed to know both yesterday and today mm-hmm. that Cade York should be a little nervous right now. And so my question here is, can we kind of fudge this a little bit? And this is what the lions did last year. And just on the initial 53 man roster, just not have a kicker because we know, we know who, Let's pretend we're Andrew Barry here. I know who I'm going to sign. I know the guy I'm going to bring in. I, I know exactly. I, there's like two guys. I know who they're going to be. I don't need to have them by Tuesday. I know that I need to put Alex Wright on IR. I know I need to put, maybe, I might need to put Jordan Kanashik on IR. Mm-hmm. There might be one or two other guys. So can I just steal a spot here for a day or two and just not have a kicker on my roster until I make those moves? That's, yeah, that's I mean, actually what I did on my 53 that goes up Monday. I just decided, you know what, let's wait on the kicker. Yeah. I mean, if you know that you have to make a change there and at this point, 
I, I'm, I'm sorry to say it because I, I'll own it. I mean, I, I would have been fine with them drafting Cade in the third round. I thought he was going to be that good. So, you know, I, I jumped on the table for him in that draft last year. But right now, I, I just don't know how you can go into your season and your first three games against the AFC North having no idea if he can make a kick. I mean, just no idea. And once again, let's remember that all of these misses have come in nice weather. Like, for the most part, the conditions have been really, really good. He's not kicking, you know, a brick of ice yet. He's not kicking, he hasn't been kicking a a snowy ball or a wet ball or anything like that. Um, So, yeah, I, I, I kind of like this, Dan. I, I I would go ahead and do it like that. See, this isn't that hard. <laughs> we bought ourselves a spot. We kept a, we kept a five safeties, and we bought ourselves a spot. Ashley, come on! I know you're on board with this. We're we're gaming the system. Oh gosh, you know, I don't know. It's just so tough. I think you can only do this. This is what I'll say. You can only do this if you are 100 percent okay with just accepting that Cade York is not going to be on this team because I don't think he is. He's not getting back to you, especially, and I wrote this today because Cade was obviously one of the three players that I'm most curious about heading into the final roster cutdown, which we say final, obviously in quotes, Um, because the Titans are just ahead of the Browns on the waiver wire currently. And they also currently do not have a kicker on their roster because they waived Michael Badgley on Saturday. I think right around the time that Kevin Stefanski was giving his press conference. So that's at least one option. I haven't like delved into the full waiver wire, but like alarm bells were going off for me and Twitter when this happened. So I think if you are going to do this and if you are not going to put Cade on your 53 man roster and you are the Browns, you absolutely have to be okay with not having him in this organization anymore. And I don't know what they are. And that's when I keep getting so stressed out about making this decision, Dan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's the rub, right? Like, I, I do think because of, I mean, what you were saying, Mary Kay, there were a lot of people that thought Cade York was going to be the guy, not just here, but like, it wasn't insane when the Browns took him in the fourth round. Um, and it just, it didn't work out. But for that reason, I agree with Ashley. I bet somebody out there claims the guy. I mean, Zane Gonzalez has gotten claimed a bunch of times. You know, Austin Seibert. Uh, all all these other guys who have been drafted kickers that have failed, drafted by the Browns, those two names. I, I mean, they get claimed. So I think it happens. But I just think if you're the Browns at this point, you have to just accept it. Like, if he goes somewhere and he's good, okay. it It is what it is. But, like, you can't you can't have this roster and risk him just not being that guy. And maybe he just needs a change of scenery. Maybe, maybe it's just not going to happen here. Maybe it's just been too much. And, you know, you have to trust yourself that you can find another kicker out there who can give you, who can be productive for you and make you not regret giving up Cade York. You know, let me just play devil's advocate though here for a couple of minutes, because The thing that gives me pause here is the fact that even today, even today, Kevin Stefanski used three varies when talking about how talented Cade York is. Very, very, very talented. Okay. So if you think a guy is that 
talented and is just in a slump, then you're not going to want to give up on him. And just last night at halftime, we heard Andrew Barry come out very strongly and give him another vote of confidence. And then today, even though Kevin Stefanski acknowledged that, you know, yes, we have to at least explore our options, perhaps, or at least think about something else. He went on and on and on and reverted to the party line of, we have to let our young guys work through this. This is what we do. It's preseason. We work through these things. So, you know, when you put those things in the hopper, perhaps they will keep him around and then come back and put some guys on short-term IR and, and buy themselves a little bit of time to see if they can't help Cade York work through this. If they can get enough guys on, on short-term IR, that buys them enough time, perhaps, to see what they can do with this struggling young kicker. The hard part is that he's fine in practice. I mean, he could go out and go, you know, 80 for 80 between now and the time he has to go out there and try to kick against the Bengals. He has stage fright for some reason. Some Something's going wrong when the lights are on. I mean, that's obvious now. And, you know, maybe that's something that is worked through with the team psychologist. And if he can get his head on straight in terms of what's happening when the fur is flying and the lights are on and he steps up in, in a game and there's people in the stands, you know, if they can work through that and all of a sudden they have a really, really good, very, very, very talented kicker on their hands, you know, then they didn't blow that pick. So I don't know. I don't know, Dan. There is there. You know, I'm talking myself back into Cade York. It sounds, it sounds like we're keeping Cade York on the roster right now. I think we have to. I yeah. I think especially thinking like the Browns and, and yeah. look, I did that whole like takeout on Cade. So I think if of all of us, maybe I'm most like prone to thinking about the Browns in terms of everything you have wrapped up in Cade and his mentality yeah. and stuff. And maybe this is faulty thinking ultimately. I don't think you can give up on him because I think eventually he is going to figure this out. And you've had so much instability at that position. I don't think you can risk him getting away right now. And I don't think the options out there are like, I, I don't know. It's like, I, I don't want to put too much on him in these first games with these division games, but I think they are going to figure out a way to keep him around here for the time being. And they might bring in somebody else another way, but I, I don't think you can leave him off the initial 53. Yeah. Again, especially because, for a kicker, you know, that is a pretty darn high draft pick. And even though the Vikings did it with a fairly high draft pick um, for a kicker, you know, I, I just don't think they want to do that. Once again, it's the Andrew Barry, I want to give my draft picks time to develop factor going on here, as well as the fact that they just believe he's got a ton of talent. And apparently, I'm sure that Bubba Ventrone is also saying the same thing to them. Otherwise, we would not hear them standing up at every microphone and every podium telling us that we have confidence in our kicker, he's going to work through it, and this is, you know, we believe in him, and he is incredibly talented. Bubba must apparently feel the same way. So, yeah, I don't think they're giving up on him yet. Do you want to know what just happened here? 
couple of straight A students just <laughs> bullied me when I was trying to bend the rules and find the loophole. Yeah, we did. Figure out my way around things. You're not bending the rules around these parts, Dan. Okay. <laughs> so we have 53. So let me go through a few names here real quickly. Um, I already have a change anybody... I want to advocate for. Okay. So here, here, here are the most notable names that we left off. Demetric Felton, Austin Watkins, um, Isaiah Thomas, Mo Hurst, I'll say is notable. Tommy Togia is notable because he's a draft pick. Matthew Adams, Tony Fields. Uh, and of course, we, we had the Ronnie Hickman. Well, no, wait, we put Ronnie Hickman on, correct? I just didn't highlight it. Um, yeah. So we put Ronnie Hickman on the roster. So um, so Ronnie Hickman and DeAnthony Bell both on. So any of those names that I mentioned, Ashley, you said you have a change. What What is it? Yeah. So uh, Mary Kay, with the caveat that Mary Kay can just victory lap around both of us when Jalen Darden does make the team. But after going through this, I think I would take him off and I would either put Isaiah Thomas or Mo Hurst on and I'll stick with Isaiah Thomas. This is what I didn't mention before with him. And, and besides the flashes we saw last year, I keep going back to the green briar, which we haven't seen Isaiah Thomas really practice before then he got hurt on the, the Saturday um, of the hall and fame hall of fame induction. So we haven't really gotten to see him since the green briar. He was working right behind Miles Garrett on that end. And there was actually a time where I think when they got back to Berea for those handful of practices, we did see him. Zadarius Smith was off to the side and they had Isaiah in with the first team. So I still really do think like, even though we haven't seen Isaiah a bunch, um, I think that they really like him still. And I guess if you want to make the argument that, they could put Z inside a lot and we could see that and see them out there with three edge rushers technically. Then I would make the argument for Isaiah over Mo. But I do think in my mind, like one of those guys is making it. I think Mo Hurst has been really good this this preseason. It's just a matter of can he stay healthy because that's been the issue throughout his career. Um, so I don't know. I would I would make that argument now that we have this all laid out. Mary Kay, you got something. I would veto the Isaiah Thomas over Jalen Darden thing. I, I just... I think it comes down to Darden or Felton in my mind. Maybe that's being a little too simplistic, but the other name we left off is Tony Fields. So I think if we're going to look at a defensive player to put on over one of those offensive guys, I would almost lean towards Tony Fields. Mary Kay, what what were you thinking? You know what I was thinking? I'm going to throw a name out there uh, that I also have been wondering a lot about, and that is Tommy Togiai. I think that there is a chance once again, uh, a, a fairly high draft pick, guy out of Ohio State, young developmental guy, has had a nice camp. And I think that there is a chance that um, that they might try to find a way to keep him around. So I, I wouldn't sleep on, on Tommy Togiai either. I know this is this is really hard here. Again, when you try to go with these last seven, eight guys, like why does the NFL make you do this? I mean, just expand the rosters and let everybody keep, you know, 50. This is horrible. I mean, wh- why, so does, why do you have to do so, It would be so much easier if it were 60, right? So, well, yeah, why do you, but, I don't know why they, why do they make it so hard? Why, I, why do you have to agonize over this when you need uh, that extra five guys? I, I, I'm guessing I don't know. part of it is like opportunity. Maybe it gives better opportunities for guys so they won't get stashed away or something. But yeah, this, this would be so much easier if we could just keep two more. Yeah. yeah. Why not? 
Um, so what do you guys think of Tommy Togiai? So again, I would say if we're if we're ranking guys that I would put on, I I don't know. I I wouldn't put Tommy on. I would actually. I I'm still leaning Fields, Felton, and Watkins. Those so, are the three that I'm thinking, kind of in that order, probably. Dan, how many linebackers do we have currently? That's have five a great or six? question. We have because if we only one, have five, two, three, that four. like ups my Tony Fields argument. So we have five. We have Dude. Diabate, Kamashik, yeah. who would go on IR, JOK, Taki Taki, and Anthony Walker. So I guess too, where you and I disagree is I am. I think there is a scenario and there is a roster where Demetric Felton and Jalen Darden are both not on the 53, the initial 53. I think that scenario is possible. I do wonder if I maybe just pick the wrong defensive guys to go to bed for and like, I, cause I think in my head initially I was thinking six linebackers, especially the way that room just got obliterated last year. And these guys that are still working their ways back. And I don't know. It's like Tony Fields, like Mary Kay said, we always say JOK light. Like I think he could play pretty well in this system too. Well, here's, here's a question. 61 minutes into the pod. Are we sure because of the injury that Jordan Kanashik, like, are we absolutely sure he makes the initial 50? Like they could no. wave injure him, right? Like, yeah. I mean, maybe you come up with a settlement and you bring him back. There's we, yeah, maybe that's, that's possible. We don't know the extent of the injury with him yet. You know, all we know is it's supposed to be weeks. So that's an area that they, you know, that they could possibly do uh, something with. We know that they like him and they would like to have him on the roster, but, um, you know, maybe there's something there. Maybe there is a waived injured type of scenario with him. Um, and then I have another so if thought. We want, if we want to get cute, do we want to do that? Just we, we do the wave injured with Jordan Kanashik and I put like Tony Fields on the roster. What about, let me ask you this. What if you wave... This is why Andrew Barry gets no sleep. Right. What if you wave Anthony Walker Jr. with the agreement that you're going to resign him after you get a couple guys onto IR? And he's totally on board with it. And there's something in it for him. Okay, so this is something I should know off the top of my head. Is every player that gets cut subject to waivers? No. Vested oh. veterans are not. Even even at the 53? Yes. Okay. That's something. So, I mean, if you can do that with him, and maybe even possibly, I don't know if you could do it with anybody else. I mean, I feel like with Anthony, you could possibly do it. You just go to him and you have a discussion, and you just say you know, just sit tight and we'll, I'll be, we're going to make this nicely worth your while. We, we just need to do this for the roster spot and we'll sign you right back as soon as we get two or three guys on short-term IR. I think we're overcomplicating it. But it's a I, way I mean, to buy, I'm, it's a way to buy some time. It I is. Mean, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's something about this that I'm not thinking about. It was just something that as we were talking, I was like, why not do something like that? I mean, you, you just need time to get a couple guys on IR. Right. And right. then you're good to go. I think for the purposes of this, though, let's keep it black and white. Okay. You're, you're either on or you're not. Mary Kay's playing 4D chess right now, she is, which like, is probably the smartest way to actually do this. I said, I said I was getting bullied by people who don't want to find loopholes, and I was wrong. Because <laughs> Mary Kay has a million loopholes she's sitting on uh, over there. <laughs> Last chance here, then, for if 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 we want to collectively get 
Tony Fields or, or anyone else to Beatrick Felton on this roster, this is our last chance. Otherwise, this is it. Mm. I think I'm all behind this wave with the injury designation for Knossick now. I just, I just don't know. Like, this is where it becomes hard because I'm all for it. But the Browns seem to really like him, so I don't know if they would do it. But I uh, guess it depends on the extent of the injury. I don't know that you could do it. Okay, so let's let's leave him on. Um, I mean, we could agonize over this stuff constantly. Um, Tony Fields, maybe, you know, maybe he gets through. Maybe you hang on to him. Isaiah Thomas, maybe you hang on to him. Um, do we do we just have to grin? And, I mean, this is a good problem for the Browns to have. Like, there are, there's real players that we're letting go that are not bad right. players. Um, right. And that's just the nature of this thing. Right. Are we faxing it in? Is this done? Read them all, read them all off okay. again. Let's we'll one go more through time. it here. Quarterbacks, Dorian Thompson, Robinson, and Deshaun Watson. Running backs, Nick Chubb, Jerome Ford, and Pierre Strong Jr. Wide receivers, David Bell, Amari Cooper, Jalen Darden, Marquise Goodwin, Elijah Moore, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Cedric Tillman. Your tight ends, Jordan Aikens, Harrison Bryant, and David Njoku. Your tackles, Jack Conklin, James Hudson, Dewan Jones, Jedrick Wills. Your guards are Joel Batonio, Michael Dunn, Wyatt Teller, and kind of Luke Whipler. Uh, your centers, Ethan Posich and Nick Harris. Your ends, moving to the defensive side, that's 25 offensive players. Miles Garrett, Isaiah McGuire, Obo Okoronkwo, Zadarius Smith, Alex Wright. Your tackles are Jordan Elliott, Shelby Harris, Siaki Ika, and Dalvin Tomlinson. Our linebackers, uh, Mohamed Diabat, Diabate, one of these days I'm going to know how to say that, Jordan Kanashik, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, Sione Takitaki, and Anthony Walker Jr. Your corners, Martin Emerson, Mike Ford, A.J. Green, Cam Mitchell, and Greg Newsom, also Denzel Ward. At safety, we kept five, DeAnthony Bell, Grant Delpit, Ronnie Hickman, Rodney McLeod, and Juan Thornhill. So that's 25 defensive players. And then our specialists, Charlie Hewlett, Corey Bohorquez, and yes, Cade York. So we have seven receivers, right, technically? We have one, two, three, four, five, seven receivers. This is my last pitch, and it is okay if I am the lone man out. <laughs> I think we need to give Jim Schwartz 10 defensive linemen. And I'm now to the point I don't care how we do it. Like, if we want to make the argument for Mohorse over Isaiah Thomas, that's fine. I think how he wants to rotate guys, there needs to be 10 of them, and we take one receiver off the board. That would be my last pitch. And I think it would probably be Jalen Darden, and you maybe get him back on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. So you could go one of those you could go one of those linemen and take either Jalen Darden or Nick Harris off if we'd be okay with nine O linemen. I'm taking Nick Harris off. I th- I feel like I can live without Nick Harris. Okay. I think we last minute change. We're taking Nick linemen. Harris off. <laughs> this is so, so I'm not gonna sleep tonight and this is gonna be <laughs> over. And I'm not gonna sleep. <laughs> so are we keeping Hurst or Thomas? We have four defensive tackles. And Zadarius Smith. I still want to make a case for Tommy. Okay. so Tommy, I know that sounds crazy. So Tommy, Hurst, or Thomas. I could I, see a world in any of those three. Like right. any one of those three make it. I would um, vote, per, based on performance, I would vote, vote for Maurice. Based on keeping a draft pick, I would still, I would take Isaiah over Tommy. I just can't get out of my head the way they were rotating Isaiah early in camp. And maybe that doesn't mean anything now. But I think it meant something then. At least in my mind, it did. Okay. And I don't know. It's like when you I do know, have Z hard. that can make the move inside, 
I don't know that you need five traditional DTs, and Mohurst does have a tendency to get hurt, but he's also played well for the time being, and I don't know if the injury history is that you want to knock him for now. I don't know. I know. It's hard. It's hard. <laughs> you can make a case for any one of these people. Okay. Well, we, we got to make our decision here. Uh, we have this one open roster spot. My vote is... My vote's Isaiah Thomas, and then we IR him, and then we bring back Tommy Togia. <laughs> <laughs> I like this, Dan. I like this. I, I was going to say, I'd be willing to compromise since I'm making us have this dis- discussion. If there was a consensus among you two for somebody else, I would be willing to compromise and take that person. I care most about getting the 10 D linemen total. I'm not going to fight to the death for one of these guys because I think it's six of one, a half, half a dozen of the other. But just in terms of like, I'm trying to think like a GM and I would go with a high, a high recent draft pick over a free agent or a seventh round pick. So that's kind of where I'm at um, with a, with Tommy. But like I said, I, I, there, I, know, I don't feel like you guys support that. And so I'm not going to fight to the death over that. I don't think it's worth it. I mean, he could easily get cut so i i don't know it, this is a, it's tough i'm i'm leaning edge rusher over a fifth defensive tackle um just because i was zadarius able to play inside um alex when he's back can play inside i, I feel like edge rusher is the way to go here can we just okay, do, you guys do that? you guys want isaiah thomas you guys go okay isaiah thomas is going to be our guy here um, so a last minute change there at the end, Isaiah Thomas squeezes his way onto the roster. I will say this is a, this is a different roster than the one that I'm going to have going up Monday morning at <laughs> five five in the morning. So, uh, this was fun. This is interesting. It just kind of shows, it shows how hard this Stressful. is. And just a reminder, yeah. this is just the initial 53. It's going to change mm-hmm. instantly. And who knows, we might be wrong on this by about noon on Monday, but right. <laughs> I'm going to try to do one of these two. I was supposed to try to work on it today, but so many things have happened since yesterday. <laughs> like <laughs> it was the most exhausting night and day. And it's just like, it's been a whirlwind. Plus um, of course, as you guys know, um, I, I went to Kansas city and uh, my alarm went off at three fifty this morning. I think it was. And of course I never go to sleep on, on the road very early. Anybody could have been, texting me or calling me at one o'clock and I would have answered immediately or two o'clock, whatever. Anyways. So I didn't get a chance to work on it, but looking forward to trying to come up with one of these on my own. If I can, if I can find the time uh, and we'll see where that ends up. I might not even look at your five thirty AM one Dan before I do mine. I might just, I might not look at yours at all. I, I don't blame you. It's a bad idea to do that. Cause then you get stuff in your head. I mean, just the three of us talking through this, right. We all came in yeah. with, ideas of what we wanted and then we got other ideas in our head and it's just right. again that's what makes this um i like doing this pod because it's just a reminder of how hard it actually is to put together a 53 yes. man roster especially when you it have is. what seems like a pretty talented roster here so um, yeah anyway check out cleveland.com slash browns that's where all that stuff will be um tomorrow Oh, Tuesday, we'll have full coverage. Become a Football Insider subscriber so you don't hit that paywall. You also can become uh, a texter and get that newsletter every day. It's written by one of us uh, most days. Uh, find us on Instagram, Orange and Brown Talk. Find us on YouTube. Search Cleveland Browns on cleveland.com for that. And then also 
uh, subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. If you aren't already, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, Tuesday, 4 p.m. is the deadline for rosters. We'll probably have the roster well before then. Brown's back on the practice field on Tuesday, so that'll probably be the next time that we talk to all of you. For Mary Kay and Ashley, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.